0: of Havana, a crowded city of faces the same as mine. Back as a child in La Bibora, I chased the birds in the plaza, praying, Mama, you would find work, combing the stars in the sky for some sort of sign. By york we can't see beyond our street lights to reach the roof you gotta bribe the super ain't no gassiope in washington heights but ain't no food Job. Mama says we're poor, one day you say, vamos a Nueva York, and Nueva York was far, but Nueva York can work, and so we can. To friends, finally got a job working as a maid. So we cleaned some homes, polishing with pride, scrubbing the whole of the Upper East Side, the days into weeks, the weeks into years, and here I stay. And as I feed, survived, I did it. Now do I leave or stay?
1: Sorry, I thought it went a little longer than that. Good morning, Hope. Good to be here this morning. Good to see you this morning. Thanks for joining us for worship. I cut that clip and I should have known that that cut off a lot sooner. Uh, My name is Pete. I'm the uh, youth and family minister here and it's uh, my honor and joy to be able to talk to you this morning. Uh, that clip is from a movie. It's also, it's a musical, but a movie as well called In the Heights. Has anybody seen it? It's a good one. It's uh, by uh, the same guy, Lin-Manuel Miranda. The guy, uh, he wrote a really famous musical about founding fathers. Uh, Washington, is that what's called? No. Jefferson. No, no, no. Franklin. He's not even in it. What's the deal? Uh, no, uh, Hamilton, you know, he wrote that. He wrote this before that, uh, talking about uh, the neighborhood that he grew up in in New York City called Washington Heights. This diverse community that uh, they were of all different ethnicities, but they all felt like they were family. Uh, So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, uh, but it's just a cool musical. If you have not seen it, you should watch it. It's really neat. It's a good one. Uh, It's really well done. Today, though, what we're gonna be talking about is, is this kind of a peace and this, this joy that we are able to experience uh, during this Advent season. Now, in my household that has not been that way this, this month, uh, we decided, my wife and I uh, decided in all of our brilliance, uh, to completely gut our bathroom and during the month of December like hey why don't we bought this new vanity oh let's put new tile into and new toilet let's just get it all out of here and put it all back in so that was not a wise call if you ever think about that in December don't do it in December we are still in the process hopefully we'll have a toilet in there by this uh by Christmas is the hope that's a good Christmas gift for us we'll see so it has been a little chaotic and finishing up uh like I'm in grad schools at Luther Sem. So finishing up the semester, all sorts of things are just coming to a head right now. But I hope that we could all experience some peace and joy uh, this morning as we continue in. It's hard to believe Christmas is less than a week away. Less than a week away. Uh, those kids that we saw, how cute was that, by the way? How awesome was that? Those, oh man, they are so cool. Oh so cute you always you just have to wait like who's who's the one that's gonna break first is my thought like who's what kid's gonna break first and do something cute and fun that's not in, on script uh that's always the best part about those uh but they are excited I'm sure about Christmas I know my little guy uh who's six who was up here he was is ex- very excited about Christmas uh and I am too but it's hard to believe that it's just a week away uh Today, we're gonna to be looking at this in, uh, another, as we kind of get towards, move towards Christmas. We're gonna be looking at another character in the Christmas story, Jesus's mom. We're gonna be talking about Mary today. Um, and we're gonna be talking about uh, when she is told uh, that she's going to be uh, having a child, which I'm sure was very shocking for her at that moment. Uh, and this child's gonna be the son of God. We're gonna look at what her response is and, and what she kind of feels and what she does uh, in response to this message that he has. So our scripture reading this morning was from Luke uh, chapter one. If you want it, you can join me there. Uh, We're gonna kind of dive into that this morning in Luke chapter one, uh, starting in verse 26. It says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, "'Greetings, favored woman.'" The Lord is with you. Okay, let's pause right there first off. So we have this, this person, uh, this woman who is engaged to be married, uh, betrothed to be married. She's not yet married. She's a virgin still, it says. It's a very important part of it. And then this angel appears, uh, which whenever you like in the Bible, whenever an angel appears in the Bible, uh, it's, not like, uh, it's not like this fluffy angel that you see, you know, in cartoons that are sitting on somebody's shoulder. It's like, ah! There's, a, you know, they're scared. They're af- afraid when this angel shows up. There's fear and they tremble because this is something that they don't expect and I'm guessing maybe they aren't. Uh, uh, the, the shock is there but also they might just be scary in appearance to us or unfamiliar for us. So here's this angel Gabriel coming and talking to Mary and, and then he says some very interesting things to her. Greetings favored woman. I would never say that to my wife. Uh, Greetings favored woman. I don't know if that would go over very well. Um, She's not in here. She's at Hope Kids. So I could, we could, I could have tried it if she was here. Don't try it at home, gentlemen. Uh, and then she says, and then he says, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Now, we know what that means now. We, have the, we can look back on the story and say, okay, that makes sense to me. The Lord is with you. I get that. The Lord is with you. The Lord sees who you are and, and acknowledges who you are and wants to then uh, save the world through your son. But at this moment, I think she was rather uh, startled on this and not sure exactly what to think. We've all kind of been there before, haven't we? Where maybe uh, somebody's talking to you and you you're at work or you're hanging out with some friends, and a topic comes up, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I know all about that." Yeah, you know, and you're just you're, you don't know anything about what they're talking about. Like for me, I, I'm ashamed to say it's sports. Like I like sports. I think they're great. I don't really follow the sporting world all that much. Um, I know I look up little snippets, uh, little snippets of things to be able to be like, oh yeah, I know who won the Iowa State game last night or whatever it might be, but I don't really follow that. And I wish I did, but it's just, I feel like there's other things in my life that take precedence over that. And, and, but if you do, that's great. Um, But I get in conversations sometimes where I'm hoping I'm just holding on like, okay, I hope this doesn't get too deep into it because once we start talking stats or players or any of those things, I am out and I'm just going to hold on and not uh, and hope that they don't call me out on this. I think that's where Mary is at as well. Because when we continue on in verse 29, it says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Confused and disturbed. She's trying to figure it out and she's on the fly and she's like, okay, this angel is talking to me. This angel's saying something to me and I need to try to figure out what it is. I'm gonna hold tight, even though I am afraid, I'm gonna hold on to what is going on here because I know that the Lord is with me. The angel says, don't be frightened, Mary, for God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy and you will be called the son of God. I've I've experienced this before, not being pregnant, not having an angel come and talk to me, but I've experienced this idea of like all of a sudden where, this calm comes about. A situation has, arises, and you're like, okay, I know that God is present in this. Have you been there with me before? Have you experienced something like that? Where, where you know that, hey, this makes no sense to me and why I would be on board with this, but I am because I know that God is there. And I think that's where Mary is here. She's like, this makes no sense. I'm a virgin, I'm not married. I can't imagine the, the things that are gonna happen in my life uh, because I'm pregnant and I'm not married yet and what the scorn that's gonna happen to me and how people are gonna look at me and, and all these trials and tribulations that are gonna go through. But God, I am on board. One time I remember it, for me that it happened, it was about 10 years ago or so. My wife and I, Marta and I were living in Denver. Uh, I was working at a church. She was an R&D engineer at a solar company. It was really, we were loving our life there. Um, we were involved, we had some great community. We, had, we played a lot of Ultimate Frisbee at that time. And so we had a great community of people that we played with and multiple times a week and we were friends with them, we got together. We also had a, an awesome small group of, of Christians that we got together with, a fellow believers that we lived life together. Like we were living a good life in Denver. And then one day my buddy Dan gave me a phone call uh, and he said, um, hey, guess what? I got a new job. I was like, hey, congrats. Where at? He's like, I got a job at this camp in Pennsylvania, this Lutheran camp in Pennsylvania that has been losing people. Like the, 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 the number of kids that were coming to summer camp has been in decline for like seven years. It's like, oh, good. Okay. Good luck on that one. They hired me to re- get it you know, back up again. And I was like, okay, have fun. And he said, do you want to come along and join me on this? They said to bring somebody along, and you were my first person. Would you want to come and join me in this adventure? And at that moment, I knew the answer was yes. Like I had this merry moment, right? That, that all of a sudden I knew that this was God's plan and I was on board. Now, my wife and I had a, we didn't tell him for a couple months that we wanted to do it, even though we both understood uh, that this is where we we're supposed to go. But we really liked our life in Denver and we weren't sure if we wanted to give that up. And also we had, had never been to Pennsylvania before and really had no desire to go to Pennsylvania. No offense, Pennsylvania. Um, but uh, we, we, it just was a hard decision on that side. But we knew just like what Mary knew that this is where God was leading us. He then, God, uh, then uh, Gabriel kind of says, mentions her relative Elizabeth, who was also pregnant at old age. Mary responds then to all this and she says, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. Left Mary all by herself. So I love what happens next because Mary then is like, she's in this spot, right? Where she's got all this good news. She's excited about it, but also I'm sure pretty worried like we talked about earlier about what's uh, what's what's society gonna think about this. I'm sure she's concerned. And so she goes to visit her relative Elizabeth, who the angel had talked about, to go see what Elizabeth would say. So continuing on in verse 39, it says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, you are blessed by God above all other women and your child is blessed. What an honor this is that the mother of my Lord should visit me. When you came in and greeted me, my baby jumped for joy the instant I heard your voice. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So Mary, I imagine Mary's like, okay, what do I do? I need to go and talk to somebody. I need, to, maybe this, my cousin or my relative or whatever, or whatever her distinction is, uh, Elizabeth will be able to help. Now, Elizabeth was pregnant as well uh, with John the Baptist, uh, Jesus's cousin or relative of some sort who we talked about at the beginning of Advent. Um, and so we have John the Baptist's mom, And she has two choices, right? When Mary shows up and says, hey, I'm pregnant. I'm not married yet and I am pregnant. She has two choices. She can go the way of the world, right? And say, well, how could you do that? She could judge. She could say, "Uh, this is Mary. This is not how things were supposed to be. She could live that way or she could choose to celebrate her, which is what she did. She could use, she's decided instead of, of scorning Mary, I want to be in Mary's corner. And I'm sure that we could all think of somebody that is in our corner, right? I hope. For me, I think my wife, I know my wife and I, we are always in each other's corner. But then also I have some friends. Uh, one lives in Florida, one lives in Colorado. And we are in each other's corner all the time. We're there to support. We're there to cheer on. We check in uh, almost every day with each other on this app called Marco Polo. Like we're just talking about life and, and what's going on. And, and we're there to pray for each other and support each other and encourage. And we're there for hard times. And that's what Mary does for Elizabeth, or Elizabeth does for Mary. Shows up for her in a large way. And we're all called to show up for each other, right? We're all called to show up for each other. It kind of reminds me, yesterday, uh, I was able, I was privileged and, and honored to be able to officiate a wedding for my neighbor. My neighbor got married yesterday. And so when we were a meeting uh, in regards to like, like the pre-marriage stuff, we were talking about the ceremony and we're talking about scriptures that we would, what scriptures would you like to, to have in your wedding and all this kind of stuff. And we kind of landed on this Ecclesiastes verse. It's just pretty typical kind of wedding scripture. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter four, it says this. Sorry, i got to find out in my Bible here. Two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one. They get a better return for their labor. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone, they fall, are in real trouble. And on a cold night, two under the same blanket could gain warmth from each other, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Now, in a, in a marriage, the wedding uh, kind of situation, this makes sense, right? You have a husband and a wife or you have two people getting married and, and, and as they're talking, they are, uh, they're, and they're forming this union together. Uh, you can say, okay, cool. So there's two braids of this cord, but what's that third braid? Like what's that third thing that happens in there? Where's that third? When these two people are getting married, what's that third thing that's there? And I truly believe that that third thing is Jesus. That Jesus is this thing that ties this person that ties us together, that pulls this cord tight. That when times are good, Jesus is present. And when times are bad, Jesus is there. That when things are going well, that Jesus is present, holding that cord together. And then when things are just like coming apart, the one thing that is holding you there and together is Jesus. Holding this cord, and I think that this goes beyond marriage and that idea of marriage. Like, I think it goes beyond that. I think that it also goes into uh, this idea of community, of our community that we have here, of like what, and what we saw with Mary and Elizabeth, that kind of a community. This idea that as we look and as we gather together and as we are together, we are able to be one. This is called, there's a Greek word, and then in, in my classes this last semester, I learned this word. It's called koinonia. Koinonia. Go ahead, and turn to your person next to you. Koinonia. koinonia. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. I'm not a Greek scholar, Danny. Is that good? All right. Thumbs up from the pastor. Great. Uh, Koinonia. Uh, And so what this means is, what this word means is it's a Christian fellowship or communion with God or more community with fellow Christians, right? So it's this idea that, think of that three, that braided cord and Jesus running through it. And because Jesus is there, we are able to experience something greater than just with the two of us there. This koinonia, this presence of Jesus filling our lives, bringing us together, making us stronger. And we see that here with Mary and Elizabeth. We see an early form of this, this this idea of God's presence making things, making us stronger, making our community stronger. Now, the next part that happens is really cool, I think. And I think this is kind of the best part of this whole story that we have of Mary and, and when she finds out. And we have the Magnificat, uh, Mary's Song of Praise. And it's a, she then goes in, like, she's so excited. She feels so supported. She feels so much support from her cousin, uh, Elizabeth, that she just is like, I am going to break out in a song. Don't we all do that? We all no uh, she breaks down into song and starts singing this amazing song. You should check it out sometime, starting in verse 46 uh, of Luke chapter 1 46. And it goes on about how God is going to do all these amazing things. And, and there's some pretty big things that she makes, some pretty, pretty big calls in there that she makes, and, and important things that she says. It comes from the Magnificat, comes from the first line, which says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. You see, in her song, Mary is showing that her faith is so big that she is willing to take on this scorn. She's willing to take on the derision that she is getting from everybody else in the society. She's willing to take all that on because she understands that God is good. Her faith is so big that she is willing and able to step up and be a part of that. It reminds me of that, so the clip that we watched at the beginning from In the Heights. We see uh, the character in there, her name, uh, we don't know her name, they call her Abuela. Again, uh, so sorry, uh, just like Greek, I did not take Greek, I also did not take uh, Spanish, so I apologize here for the next couple of minutes here. Uh, I took two years of German, I could say, uh, I'm as hungry as a bear. Uh, in German still in high school. And I could also, I know how to say uh, pencil sharpener. I know those two things. So, um, so I apologize for my Spanish, my, when I kill uh, my bad pronunciation. Uh, but uh, her, they call, her character is the abuela, which I believe means grandma, I believe is what that means. And so uh, we have abuela and she is not a grandma physically to anybody in the neighborhood that she is there, but she is the grandma of the neighborhood. She is looked upon as, as somebody who is, uh, that they want to, um, to look up to and has that grandma kind of character. And this is actually the ending of her life. She is about, she is, this is like her final song, you know, and that's what happens in musicals, right? If something good happens, uh, you sing a song about how much this person, how much in love you are with this person, or if something bad happens or you're going to die, there's another song that happens as you die. Mary burst out into song as well. In the musical, uh, again, I am going to kill this, uh, but the, the title of this song, the track that she's saying is Pacentia Jefe. I'm so sorry. Uh How about that? There's German, I know. That's pencil sharpener. Um, <laughs> <laughs> other one, Ich habe einen barenhunger Hunger. I'm hungry as a bear. That's all I got. Thank you, Frau Tansfeld in uh, ninth and 10th grade. Um, but what I love about this is that the, the song title means patience and faith patience and faith, that she practices patience and faith as she moved from Cuba to the United States to Washington Heights and and how after doing a lot of hard work and stuff, she knew that God was still present. She knew that that the faith that they had in God was going to get them through. And I think that's where Mary's at too. Mary practices that same thing. This faith that she has is so great. This faith that she has is so uh, tremendous that she also knows that God is going to get her through. Uh, Towards the end of her Magnificat, she says, God is my savior. And I think that again shows how big her faith is, that she knows that she is full of sin. She knows that this world is full of sin and she knows that they need a savior and that God is her savior. So as we prepare for Christmas less than a week away, let us remember that. Let us remember that God's the savior. But I wanna go beyond Christmas, like beyond Christmas, bigger than Christmas. Let's think like 2022, let's think about this, okay? So no, no, bigger than 2022, like 2022 and Christmas and then the rest of our lives. Let's think about the fact that God is our savior. Let's have this thankfulness, this humility that we might have in our lives that show that what Mary had, that despite the fact that maybe our faith might give us, people might look at us differently at times or, or wonder why are we choosing this or choosing that, that we know that this koinonia, this presence of God in our lives is there. Let's live that out. Hope, let's do that. Can we do it? Yeah, we can do that. Um, and then let's also know that we are being held by the creator of our universe, our one true God. And to me, if I could, I would break out in a song. That, to me, that's something to sing about, isn't it? Something to sing about. To know that God, our creator, loves us so much that he would send his son for us. Let's pray. God, we praise you this morning. We thank you for your son. God, we thank you for the fact that you love us so much. That you desire for us to be in a relationship with you and with one another God, that you desire for us to be in this community, this koinonia, this supportive relationship bound by your son. So God, show us how we can live that out. God, show us how we can, uh, during this Christmas season, this Advent season, God, show us how we can be uh, people of faith, living out your will to this world. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.